This is 680 CJOB. This is the main ingredient on 680 CJOB, and on today's show, I'll be talking to Roger Wilkinson from Chosabi Restaurant and Kaylee Dean, who is a young local biathlete sponsored by Chosabi, and they are running a special next week at all their restaurants to raise money for her training. Also, Chef Jayanti Sharma from Salisbury House Restaurants is here, and she's going to talk about the new things they have coming up. But up first, my Sobeys Pharmacy Dietitian pal, Jessica Welichanko. She's here to talk about lean meat and a recipe we made in Sobeys Extra last week on Pemina Highway. Here we are again. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be here again. So thanks. How are you, man? Really good. How was your dinner the other night at Nicolino's? It was awesome. Um, I haven't been there in a long time, uh, so I was really looking forward to it and definitely got the house-made pasta, mm-hmm. and it was excellent. Great presentation of that stuff, eh? Yeah, it was really good. Company was okay, too, right? Easy, that always easy. helps. <laughs> I thought you were going to take a shot at me. And the bartender did a good job. Didn't he? I felt yeah. sorry for that guy. He made a lot of <laughs> He kept up. He made a lot of old fashions. All right, so let's talk about maybe some healthy stuff. All right, let's talk about what we made on uh, Global the other day. Um, let's talk about, first let's talk about the meat counter because I, you know, I have kids and we eat meat. I love meat and I make lunches. So, you know, I, uh, make lunches with meat. So first maybe let's talk about some smart choices when it comes to going to the meat counter. Cause sometimes you go, there kind of lost, don't know what to get, don't know what's healthy. So uh, maybe you can help me out with that. Yeah, and when it comes to the meat counter too, or just making those selections for your family, it's often the most expensive part of your grocery bill. For sure. So one thing I always like to remind people is just double check your portions when it comes to the protein options at your meals. So you're really trying to get, you know, a two and a half to three ounce portion of protein per person at a meal. So if we're really buying more than we actually need, it's going to cost us more, right? For sure. So. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're talking about portions. Let's talk about how much is too much. Like sometimes I always buy 200 grams of it's kind of 200 grams is my magic number. Sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. Sometimes it feels like too much. Uh, so maybe the physical portion size, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So if you're looking at uh, a suggested serving of protein, about that two and a half ounces, it is like the size of your palm or the thickness of your baby finger, or you might have heard the reference, the size of a deck of cards. That's a good visual portion representation. Or if you're thinking of a typical dinner plate, a quarter of that plate to be protein. And we're we're talking about the leaner protein choices as well, right? Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So leaner protein choices would be what, like turkey, chicken, that kind of thing? Yeah, so poultry, as long as the skin has been removed, because that's where the fat is. Yeah, and I mean, everyday (gasps) choice, try to remove that skin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we're looking at other types of meat, you know, getting a tenderloin when it comes to something like pork, uh, either round, the leaner cuts of meat, extra lean ground beef. They're all really good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also depends how you cook it, right? You don't want to be introducing a whole lot of fat, sugar, or salt to your really great protein that you just picked up. All right. It defeats the purpose, obviously, right? Um, what about processed meat? My daughter loves bologna. That's considered processed, yes? It is. So processed meat is basically any meat that has been altered. So, you know, it's been salted, cured, fermented. Um, There's been different types of preservatives added to it to enhance the flavor. That's essentially a processed meat. Um, And right now the recommendations say to choose about 50 grams of processed meat per day, almost as the maximum. Really? And if you think of a typical size... um, 
like hot dog wiener, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. that's a 50 gram portion. So it's really not a lot. And the least um, portion that you could have of it, the better. So only one hot dog at a barbecue. That's crazy. <laughs> Are you well, crazy? <laughs> so, I mean, you asked, right? So be honest with the processed meat thing. And, and you know what? It, it's really just about... Um, trying different options. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that processed meats are so convenient, especially for lunches. For sure. uh, so it's really about just taking a little bit of extra time to think of alternatives to that bologna sandwich. Gotcha. My daughter's not going to like you. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about m maybe some other protein sources other than lean meat and processed meat. Yeah, so you can do quick protein sources, you know, something like eggs, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, uh, even things like beans, peas, and lentils are really inexpensive sources of protein and can be quickly put into a lunch kit or made as part of a meal. Is there a difference between protein from plants and protein from meat? Like it's all the same, is it not? So there is a difference between how your body would absorb mm -hmm. a plant-based protein versus an animal-based protein. So it's really just important to get, you know, if someone is, say, vegetarian and eating all plant-based proteins, just get a variety of different types of protein, and then that way your body's going to absorb the different amino acids in that case. Gotcha. Um, during our segment, we made chicken taco bowls, which is really good. Uh, maybe you can talk about that recipe and uh, the good things and the fast way to make it convenient for lunches. Yes. So we actually use, like you said, the ground chicken. So that's a really lean protein option. Um, and a lot of people would think chicken doesn't have a lot of flavor, but we added a low sodium taco seasoning and just cooked it all together with some salsa and otherwise really flavorful ingredients. So we really boosted the flavor of that mm -hmm. chicken, but we didn't add any fat to it. Right. So it cooks quickly. You can add it to lunch the next day or you can make it into like we did with the taco bowls. And then you have your own toppings. Right. Right. I like the way that uh, we flipped the uh, the tray upside down, the the, um, the muffin tray upside down to actually make the. So you you put it in there and then you bake it like that. So it's hard and holds the actual ingredients. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a fun way. So you take your typical 12 tin um, muffin tray, mm -hmm. flip it upside down and then your smaller tortilla shells. You just press them in to make like a little cup. So it's super fun for a family meal if everybody gets one of those. And then you can fill them up with all of your toppings and veggies, of course. It's awesome. You ruined my hot dog dreams, but you gave me some great ideas on how to stay healthy <laughs> and uh, enjoy what I eat. So, you know, I always appreciate it. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. That was Sobey's pharmacy dietitian, Jessica Walachanko, who is my go-to for great recipes and, of course, great nutritional advice. What do Chosabi restaurants and local biathlete Kaylee Dean have in common? Find out when the main ingredient returns. Thanks for sticking around for more main ingredient. One of my favorite guests, Roger Wilkinson from Chosabi Restaurants is in the house. And this time, we're not only talking about food, but we're talking about athletics. So he's brought a young lady with him to talk about a fundraiser Chosabi's putting on next week to raise funds for her. Maybe you can introduce her, Roger, and tell everybody what we're talking about. Sure. So we have Kaylee here. She is a biathlete. Um, so she came to us looking for some sort of sponsorship uh, to help out with her uh, journey throughout Canada, and um, we humbly agreed to to help her out. So, you know, we promote healthy living. We we like to support locals. So those two things went hand in hand, and it's been uh, great ever since. So um, on March fifth to eleventh, we're going to be doing a dollar from every burrito. From all three of our locations, we'll go towards Kaylee and help out uh, sponsor her journey to uh, nationals. 
Yeah, because athletics up. are not cheap, right? Nope, not They're at all. They're not cheap. So, Kaylee, no. you know, you are a biathlete. So maybe we can explain what, what, what a biathlete is, what biathlon is. Sure. So biathlon contains uh, Nordic skiing and rifle shooting. That is crazy. So yeah. how did you get into that sport and how long have you been doing it? So I began with cadets because they do it through their program. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped doing cadets just to focus on biathlon with the provincial team. And I've been doing it for, this will be my fifth season. So, okay. So, so what is biathlon made of? It's, it's skiing and, and shooting, right? Yeah. You ski a lap and then you shoot and then you ski, you shoot, you ski. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. When uh, when she sent me her breakdown of what she needs, I was like, what's a clip? She's like, oh, for bullets. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we need to supply those too. And they're not regular bullets either. They're special no. bullets that fly what, better in the, in the snow, in the winter, I guess, or the yeah. winter. Yeah. For the Is cold right? weather. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know anything about that stuff. It's funny, you, you're in the cadets. My wife was a, a reservist for... 20 years okay. she's like a crazy athlete so she was super interested once uh roger brought you up to me which is yeah. fantastic right yeah. um so which part did you have was was foreign to you were you familiar with shooting or did you know how to ski like, uh, shooting was- came easy to me skiing <laughs> took a while to get used to did it really yeah See, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time, so I, I can't <laughs> comprehend even, even doing that, right? I just learned how to ski last year, so it's... Uh, Did you really? Yeah, I went with Cho to um, Fernie. Oh. It was great, yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, what's the next competition you'll be attending? Uh, nationals in New Brunswick. Okay, so how does one train for biathlon? Like, how do you train and where do you train? So we do shooting practices indoor in Gateway Gun Club. Mm-hmm. And then we ski typically at Windsor Park Golf Course. And then we go to Falcon Lake sometimes. That is a lot, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many times a week do you train? Um, we train seven days. Wow. Seven days a week? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. If it's not training, it's racing. How many, wow. like, okay, so how big is this is this biathlete community? Um, there's about like 20 to 30, like solid kids who, yeah. yeah. And age ranges. I'm sure there's a lot of adults that do it too. You guys train with adults or is it yeah, just Yeah, the there's some masters. Here? The youngest are 12. Wow. Because you have to be 12 mm-hmm. to join. And how old is the oldest? Or they, they probably um, don't tell I'd you say like, age. Yeah, there's like a category 50 plus and there's mm-hmm. a few in that category. Like, so. I'd be in the 30 plus. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there with, yeah. right with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pushing you up the hills and you'd be dragging me down the hills. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so what's the end game here? Like, you know, obviously you've started. There uh, seems to be an opportunity here. Two, three years. What do you want to be doing with with, uh, with um, biathlon? So I next year I really want to go to Canada Games mm-hmm. and qualify for Team Manitoba for Canada Games. And after that, I want to move to Canmore in Alberta and train full time there. Wow, so and you've really like taken to this uh, this biathlete stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What other sports did you do before this? Um, nothing. Really? Yeah. So you tried yeah. it and all of a sudden realized, man, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Which part of it do you like the most? Is, is it the skiing portion um, or is it just a combination of both? A combination of both. I don't really like doing them separately, yeah. but when you put them together, I love it. So if your friends go, hey, uh, yeah, let's go ski, and you're like, nah, there's no shooting involved, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too boring. <laughs> yeah. Can't do it, yeah. sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the competition itself. You know, what exactly, how does it work? I'm not, you know, I, I've seen it before, but I've never really understood how it works. Like, of course, a race, you know, usually someone comes in first, but I know there's more to it, right? Yeah, for sure. So you shoot five targets, and for every missed target, you have to ski 150 meters extra. 
So if you miss five targets, you have to ski a lot more than someone who hits all oh, their targets. Oh, I get it. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So, so being accurate makes the race a lot shorter. Yeah, it's really important. Your chances to win. Yeah, because you have to ski that. less. Yeah. Wow. So I guess you do a lot of target practice. Do you do, do yeah. a lot of target practice outside of the skiing portion? Yeah, we do just shooting practices. And then you do the skiing portion, obviously, obviously to stay in shape, so you yeah. can hightail it when you're physically racing, right? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, no wonder you like it, right? Yeah. M- Mom, Judy, you have an interesting story. Maybe you can you can tell us how. <laughs> You know, randomly, she decided to get into this. So, you know, you t- told us off yeah. there. Let's let's, yeah. let's hear some of that. It was just really cool. In the Vancouver Olympics were kind of Kaylee's first Olympics that she really understood what was going on. She was almost 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And she was really inspired and fascinated by it. And after the Olympics were done, kind of looked at her dad and I and said, pick a sport that I can do because I want to go to the Olympics. We're like, what? Totally. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I want to go to the Olympics, so pick a sport that I can do. And we said, well, you know, typically you get good at a sport and then maybe you'll go to the Olympics. She's Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. I'm going to the Olympics. Pick me a sport. Like, maybe buy me some skis. I love it. So, yeah. So, um, she had a chance to do biathlon through cadets, but her older siblings were in cadets first. Right. And she had to wait till she was 12 to be able to join cadets. And she literally was counting down the days. Her brother tried biathlon through cadets and did not like it. I love that. And she thought <laughs> he was nuts. Like, she just couldn't believe that he wouldn't like the sport. And what an amazing opportunity he had. And she couldn't believe he wasn't taking up that opportunity. Were you surprised that, okay, she was eager to try it? And a lot of kids are eager to try a lot of things that they see. Were you thinking, okay, she's going to try and she's not going to like it? (laughs) No, you know, Kaylee has always kind of been a determined kid. Mm -hmm. And usually, for fear of failure, never backs down from something once she tries it. And she's just been super passionate. And it's just been great to see her grow and through this, make a ton of friends, have a ton of experience, get to travel all over Canada. Mm -hmm. She's been to the East Coast. She's been to the West Coast, everywhere in between. Um, she suffered from anxiety for many years, mm-hmm. and this is something that has really boosted her confidence, and it's just been amazing to watch her grow and do this. You're only 17, right? Yeah. Yep. Man, yeah, you got a lot of life to live, right? It's yeah. crazy. Okay, yeah. so l- let's remind everybody. So yeah. what's, what's happening as far as donations go? So uh, $1 from every classic burrito that we have at all three of our locations. So that'll be 100 King Street. Uh, 520 Portage and 2696 Pemina uh, from March 5th to 11th all day, every day. We're going to donate $1 from every burrito to uh, Kaylee and her journey. That could be so. like $1,000 just from the amount of burritos that I eat. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be definitely great. Um, you know, we get a great uh, outturn from the community, great support from them as well. And um, and we love to support local and, you know, couldn't be with a better better person. So mm-hmm. we're super happy and excited to be part of it. I'm assuming since you like it, you'd, you'd encourage other kids to try it. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. And I mean, supporting me would be awesome. She's <laughs> the modest one, isn't she? She's <laughs> been around you too long. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, thank no, you. thank you so much. That was Roger Wilkinson from Chisabi Restaurant, and they are donating $1 for every burrito to local athlete Kaylee Dean. So next week is the week you want to try a sushi burrito. We are talking all things Salisbury House next on The Main Ingredient. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I am Kevin Bergen. Salisbury House, I'm sure you've heard by now it's under new ownership. Well, their new executive chef, Jayanti Sharma, is here to fill us in on all the great things that are happening at this long-time great local eating spot. Jayanti. <laughs> are hmm? we recording right now? We are recording right now. <laughs> Jayanti Sharma. Okay, so how many text messages, emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages... Have we exchanged before you're actually 
in that chair. Man, it's been like <laughs> it's it's probably been a year. <laughs> it has been. Isn't this kind of crazy? Like yeah, because I mean, like we. I don't even remember how how you even met. I All even I know. remember is just that there's always food involved. There's always. Or there's it's me. always beer. <laughs> 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 like that's that's how we yeah, like that would be me. <laughs> but like like you and I, we've just been like social media fiends to each other. He's He's my best friend on social media, guys. <laughs> I am, <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> And when I get the chance to be in front of him, I'm like, yay! Which is so bizarre, because I'm like, hey, you've been here before. And you're like, actually, I haven't. Yeah. I'm like, what? Really? I live in your dreams. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to focus here, and we're going to talk about you a little bit, sister, okay? Okay. We're going to talk about... Um, how food and cooking have played a major role in your life. Then we'll dive into sales. Cool? All right. All right. I like it. I like it. How did you get into um, cooking and food to start? Well, to make a short story long. Um, <laughs> You're going to give me the Coles Notes version, I know, right? <laughs> I, I was always that super weird kid who just, uh, I didn't know how to throw a house party. You know, like where you just show up with your own like booze and just hang out and do whatever with each other. I was just like, no, it's like got to have hors d'oeuvres and appetizers. Oh, and you like, just got to organize everything. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like prissy. control. <laughs> 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 and like it just, you know, that's but that's the world I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like in the culture that I grew up in, we're in Barbados, like watching my mother invite chefs into our home who like catered and stuff. I saw this world outside of outside of the kitchen that was it looked so spectacular being able to absorb people's emotions through your food, through your work. Uh, little did I know how much they would absorb. <laughs> Take everything. <laughs> like it uh you know, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful start to a journey because my parents were foodies. We explored. We didn't just stick within West Indian or East Indian region. You know, food. Food. We explored. My mother taught me how to make pasta when I was like eight, and it was just food was always a thing. Right. It's it's rare though for a specific culture to venture out of their culture. No, you're you're a hundred percent right about that, and that was what. What was so unique about my family is that they invited multiple cultures. My father, like, you know, he studied so many different religions, spoke to me so many different languages and passed that on to us. And that's why we like as collective as a family speak so many different languages and study so many different cultures because we are obsessed with like the the acquisition of knowledge mm-hmm. of it's procuring yeah no not at all like procuring people's like ideals and food because like at the base of it all like the food culture um it's it's all it's a family unit mm-hmm. And so we've always treated like that. We have family dinner every Sunday and every diff- every Sunday we're eating something different, like some other culture, like some other experimentation that 
I've done or my mother's concocted of some sort. So where's this family dinner? <clears throat> the address, please. Who's this guy? And it's like it's like it's totally open <laughs> to like you know like we we my my family created a culture of just like inviting whoever strays be welcome to this table. Because that's just, that's what food does is it brings people together. It totally does. And Weird, like, huh? that's most of like all my pop-up dinners that I've ever done exploring this world. And that's why like Sal's was such a beautiful concept to me is because it was so like, like indoctrinated into like family values mm-hmm. of sharing meals together. And I love family style for that because so many cultures have family style where you can share the same pot, like same pot of food and stick your hand in the same thing. Like, it's just, it's amazing to me that you can break down walls like that because of the vulnerability of that, of sticking your hand in the same, like, curry. Billy just went to the washroom, man. I saw him. He didn't wash his hands. Now we're like all you, nasty. Like, you gotta trust. You gotta trust people. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, so let's dive into uh, Salisbury House, okay? Cool. Manitoba Institution for 85 years. Yeah. Recently changed ownership. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your role and the direction of Sal's moving forward. Well, my role specifically, it stands as the corporate chef for Salisbury House and the uh, spokesmodel for the organization. You know, we, when we took over this business, we, it was a, a long process to build trust in understanding and respect of what we were taking over Mm -hmm. you know this is a stewardship it's not an ownership there was something that was built that was like you know indoctrinated into society that has become a part of people's stories within manitoba and even farther than that you know there's so many people who come here who come here and know to come to sales because it is a manitoba institution so it's touched it's such all of canada in my opinion. For sure. No, I, I don't disagree. Okay, so obviously CGOB, an institution also. Mm-hmm. A lot of the CGOB listeners are Sal's customers. Mm-hmm. So when they hear that, uh, when people usually hear that something has changed ownership, they assume change and assume that they may not like those changes. But uh, you, you guys know that that's not the case. Of course, you introduce new things, but you know that there's things that are taking place, ideas that are coming up that are going to be... They're going to rock Sal's in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. It's a, for, for a lot of the the world here, like within Winnipeg, it's been accepted that change is just a part of society. We have been really welcomed into a family that has known each other for a really long time at Sal's. And they gave us an opportunity to, you know, take cells into the future with the younger gen- like generation opening us up to having a beer campaign like you know like we're having beer going into every cell so that you can just come in an afternoon and chill and have a draft and being able to explore more into the dinner market being able to uh like go through those kinds of changes you know we maybe we anticipated that it would be a little bit rough just because you know we didn't want people to think that we were trying to change what we were in our in our core values you know we're about manitoba products we're about locally made locally supported and 
being true to form and the fact that we're fresh every single day. And, you know, none of that has changed. So we are like living in a world where, you know, people are moving along with us because they want to see us stick around. And that's that's a pretty cool thing to see is just like there's so many people who have been here like since the beginning of South. Like, like, like literally. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's crazy. And um, who have seen it like through the like the last 50 years of progression. And they, they want to see it stay around. They want to see other families enjoy this and, you know, and see us win. So like the the change can be a little bit startling sometimes, but at the end of the day, like it's it's for the better of the brand to grow, to make sure that we stay and that we stay true to our values. For sure. Everything grows. The, the city changes and grows. You as a person change mm-hmm. and grow. So of course, a company itself has to change and grow mm-hmm. with it. Otherwise, it won't be around. We're taking a break, a short one, and talking more about Sal's when the main ingredient returns. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. I'm here with Jayanti Sharma from Salisbury House Restaurants. It's funny that you mentioned supporting local and local ingredients and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 really taken off in the last th- three to five years where you guys, that's kind of been, it's, it's not new to you. That's, no, no, That's what Sal's has always done, right? And that is that is something that we kind of like when we, when we really looked at it, we're just like, how how did we not ever, you know, advertise something that we have been a part of since since the beginning? Well, it's almost like as you're saying that, you know, how would we not advertise it? It's, it's almost like, doesn't everybody do that? A- exactly. Like you're, you're saying you do yeah. that, but isn't that the way it's supposed to be? A- exactly. Like all of our products, like we are, we are firm believers in having like, Manitoba products like for 85 years it's been Manitoba beef with no fillers with no additives nothing just straight meat as the nip meat Mm -hmm. and it's it's all Manitoba product and always been there always it's always been been available way exactly and like same down to the potatoes like we are very very like much in like the local centric, I guess is like the best term for it. That every aspect of um, cells, we are trying to uh, to make to to employ people from Manitoba to make sure that we are supporting the local economy. That we're growing even down to our potatoes. Like our potatoes are Manitoba potatoes. Our fish, like with our fish campaign that's launching like this coming Monday on March fifth. We're rolling out um, like very particular items mm-hmm. that are Manitoba local centric. And one of the things to say is that we're not necessarily farm to plate anymore, mm-hmm. but it's lake to plate. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, we are doing, um, we're rolling out three items. We're rolling out a pike chowder mm-hmm. because pike is probably one of the most underestimated fish out of mm-hmm. like out of uh, all northern Manitoba. People, like I've heard stories of people just like killing the fish because they think they're just going to eat the pickerel or whatever it is, or it was too difficult to deal with because of the bones. But we've like, we've gotten to know all of our fishermen up north and made personal relationships where we can find people who will fillet this stuff in a very unique way to make sure they get like, all the meat out to make pike chowder. We're using a white fish um, to do a fish and uh, a Fort Gary dark beer uh 
battered fish and chips. Oh, nice. And you said beer and you got my attention. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Fort Gary mm-hmm. is our partner who we love and adore. Uh, and they're going to be a part of like that dish, and it just it makes like the recipe I whipped up for the beer batter. It's just going to be unbelievable. I can't believe you didn't make any for me tonight. <laughs> you got to come <laughs> down to the test kitchen. You got to try it out. <laughs> um, but you're right. I totally. I'm sorry I didn't bring my I'll fryer. Tell you. <laughs> on. <laughs> I'll remember next time. Um, but yeah, we're going to be rolling out our like we're doing a test on house cut fries um okay we know salsa has many locations mm-hmm. um and you mentioned previously that one is going to be a test kitchen which you're yeah. going to introduce those three new dishes so our test kitchen is located on 959 henderson highway you know we picked that one just because it was a little bit un- underestimated it is in somewhere where a lot of like the local community goes towards it's almost like a secret but the local community exactly you know, they're, it's they're a, a secret, secret where they go, right? so it's it's a great place to test because we have people who are true to our brand and actually and very those are who we want to impress right, we right. want to impress the people who love us already yeah. we're just like let's blow your minds with what we've got so uh, that's that's where we're doing it. We put our first set of taps in there, and we just got approved for our liquor license there. <laughs> so we're gonna so be beer? rolling. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be rolling on Friday. <laughs> I'm super pumped. But it'll pair beautifully with the beer batter, awesome. <laughs> fish and chips on Monday. Um, and so we're super pumped about that. And again, that is that's all local itself too. Like we are supporting supporting um, local. Uh, like, like the beer community, we want to support everybody who's like got something to to do with it. Uh, it's, there's a lot. It, it's not like no. there's one or two people or one or two products to choose from. Manitoba has like oh, dude, there's tons, and like we've we've gone through tours and everything like that. And you know, we've got a couple uh, rotating taps, but there's things that we're definitely like we're going to be true to. But everything is going to continue to be local. We're actually in the process of developing our own beer. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the name uh, You know, is, I, I can help you out. I can yeah. help you test and taste. Yeah, you can. T- <laughs> I can be taste and taste. <laughs> um, it's really not a problem. I'll, no. I'll sacrifice taking for the uh, team. It's um, the logo. I'm just, I'm super excited about it. We're calling it the Red Roof Lager. Oh, nice. And it's being developed by our business partners, uh, Fort Gary Brewing. Yep. And we're really, really excited about it. Breakfast and lunch was typically the main focus of sales historically, but now you're expanding into the dinner market, right? So mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about that. So that is a territory that we've always had in part of our menu, but we haven't really focused on it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, most of the the emphasis of sales was always on breakfast and like lunch. So the organization coming from a kind of uh, nighttime dinner crowd we we understand that world and we want to grow into that world because we see the possibilities of it. Um, we are talking about, you know, you know, having like all of our beer in every single family uh, restaurant that we have. Which is awesome. It's a fantastic yeah. <laughs> idea. I'm giving you the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But 
like the dinner market, we don't we don't want to detract from the fact that like we appreciate Sal's for what it is in its heart, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful diner that does fresh, scratch made food every single day. Like that is unheard of in a chain for something to happen like mm-hmm. that. And um, we want to provide something like that as an option for dinner. You know, like when you you don't just have to come in the afternoon and have a couple beers with like the nip that you're having. You can come in and have a half rack or a full rack of like smoked ribs that we do in house and you know it's uh like or have a pickerel dinner or like a beautiful basket of manitoba white fish like fish or beer batter fish and chips and have it with a pint like why not have that as an option for dinner food come absolutely on. especially for the price point man like this place is insane <laughs> for prices i'm like everybody my age can eat there <laughs> we can afford it guys <laughs> especially the beer prices it's gonna blow your mind <laughs> the true, true winnipeg prices right yeah like yeah <laughs> which is awesome so next week march 5th is when the the test dishes come out. Yes, I'd- and like periodically, they're all they're they're going to be rolling out different ones. Like summer, we're gonna come out with a bunch of different things. We just came off of like three different tests. So this Monday, March fifth, we're gonna be rolling out our, uh, you know, uh, Manitoba like Northern Lake fish campaign. So we are going to be promoting like three different kinds: pickerel, pike, and white Manitoba whitefish. To you, you can find it at the test location um, on Henderson 959. And come and just, like, let us know. Be a part of what builds our menu because, mm-hmm. like, your input is what matters. That's why we have the test kitchen is so that you can come, try the food. And if you love it, tell me you love it because then let's move on, put it on the menu, right. and then just come eat at our restaurant, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like you're, I, you're, you're a shy one. You really have to speak your mind. You, know? you always hold it inside. <laughs> I'm not going to hold any secrets from you guys. You I guys promise. are hilarious. You're hilarious That's awesome. Um, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. So you have to promise me that you're going to return every couple of months to tell me what's going to go in that test kitchen. Oh, we've got... Yeah, we've got so many plans. Trust me, you're going to get sick of me. Nope. And then maybe I'll come by next week and, you know... Let's eat everything. Let's, let's eat just everything. let's just eat everything. Okay. Uh, perfect. Thanks, man. <laughs> Little does she know, I actually will eat everything. That was Jayanti Sharma from Salisbury House Restaurants, keeping us updated on all the great things they have coming up for us. Thanks to my guest today, and thank you especially for tuning in to the main ingredient here on 680 CJOB. I will talk to you next week. This is 680 CJOB.